Hello and welcome to the Race FF Podcast with your host, Jaime Garcia. And today I have a special guest all the way from Philadelphia, Dylan EJ2 Track Rat. Say hello. Yo, what's up? Yo, what's up, man? So you and I have talked like so much via Instagram. I think our entire... Like friendship has uh, kind of been birthed out of uh, Instagram, so very thankful for that social platform to bring me into contact with such a cool person like yourself. Yeah, there's this that there's that meme um, of Hey Arnold where he goes to the museum and uh-huh. he's uh, he's friends with the, the turtle, the sea turtle. Yeah, and uh, like it's like that you and that one friend on Instagram that you've never met in person, but you're cool with. You're coolest. <laughs> friend, you're cool with Netflix. And it's like him putting his hand up to the glass and the sea turtles putting his hand up to the glass. Dude, that's such a... Like, if you would have told me, hey, man, what analogy is Dylan going to be using right now? I'd be like, hmm... You know, Turtle from Hey Arnold would probably not be in the top ten. It's <laughs> a good meme. It's a quality meme. Oh, man, I love it. Meme. I love it. Um, Well, so I know you really well from all of the stuff that you post post up on instagram but many of the listeners all tens of them uh might not know about you and can you give me like a little bit of a history like a background on yourself yeah i'm i'm just the guy that uh that drives cars you know what i mean um i uh i started i i like have what i do right now is um i have a like an online presence i guess you'd call it with an instagram and a youtube and a blog um called ej2 track rat and um i got the the name for the idea just you know when i when i bought my civic a 93 honda civic kind of like yours yeah and uh yeah we rearranged the uh tire rack logo i guess a little bit and uh made it ej2 track rat and um uh i probably shouldn't have said that but we did (laughs) and uh, uh yeah so i mean the whole idea behind what i started was to just kind of like showcase my own escapades and like what i'm doing with racing and instructing um because i race in honda challenge h4 mm-hmm. and i instruct with nasa northeast mm-hmm. and uh kind of just show people how to get on track for like an affordable amount of money while still being somewhat competitive or somewhat fast mm-hmm. and um like if you follow my instagram like a lot of my stories are like how i make brackets out of oil pans <laughs> how i make janky sway bars with you know, <laughs> plumbing stock from Home Depot and it's like you know the, my car is fast it's a competitive H4 car but like people are like oh is it a lemons car when they first see it <laughs> it, it probably has car. to do with the livery uh the sharpie livery yeah <laughs> <laughs> that livery was sick it was sick when I first did it but then like I crashed into a wall my first race like literally I was qualifying I, the track was wet. I came over, turned one lightning, and looped it and hit a tire wall and destroyed the entire side of the car after I painted the whole thing. Wow. What what tires were you on when you looped it? What? What tires were you on when you looped it? I was on RRs, so it was like oh crazy. shit. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a damn weekend. Um, so like the track was cool. It was was kind of cool, and the sun was just coming out, so the asphalt was warm. The curbs were cold. And um, um, I came over the crest of the hill, and the tires hit the curb, and it just went and looped around. And 
I put my hands on my chest and I was like, yep, we're hitting the wall. <laughs> oh, shit. There was no saving it. The grass was wet, so it just kept going. I hit the wall. So it's, and mind you, I'm, I'm from SoCal, so we don't understand this thing called rain, like uh, rain on track. Like what, yeah. what is that? Um, and, and grass outside of the track, like all of our stuff is straight dirt. Nothing grows out here <laughs> if it doesn't have a sprinkler on it. So is it it's true hard. what they say when yeah. you hit the grass, it feels like the car accelerates almost once you hit the grass? It doesn't accelerate. It just doesn't decelerate. That's <laughs> Like, uh, that's, uh, that, that same event I came out and I was, uh, Damien had, had done some work to his car and I was still working with like a, a, an, a, a tours and differential and a 4.2 final mm-hmm. and the car just wasn't set up right. And I was like, just hell bent on catching Damien. So I went off like a bunch of times that weekend. Then I finally crashed. And like every time I went off in the grass, I just like, there was one time I went off in the grass and I went all the way toward the end of the track. And I was like inches from the tire wall in front of me. And I was like, wow, that was close. And then, <laughs> I, went out, and then I crashed it after that. So. <laughs> Freaking guy. So <laughs> there's a lot of parallels with uh, your journey and uh, my journey. I'm obviously in SoCal, you're in Northeast. But I essentially finished the, the medical forms that I needed for uh, H4. Uh, for okay. my road racing license, um, wheel-to-wheel license. And with yeah. NASA, you have to have, like, you have to go through the competition school, which I've already done, and I spoke to the motorsports director, and I can just uh, submit my paperwork and should be able to, once I have all the safety uh, stuff installed into the car, um, should be able to go ahead and fight for second to last in uh, H4 here in SoCal. I don't know. I I, I think cause you're going to run the D6, the Z6. You guys have a lot of tight, except for like Auto Club Speedway. You know, you guys have a lot of tight tracks over there. So like if you run at a lightweight with a Z6, you might be pretty competitive. Yeah, that's the thought process of like what, I, what I've what uh, i kind of thought about this build. Because when I, when I was first coming up with uh, the idea of what car to get, I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that there was... You know, kind of like you, where you focus on uh, a lot of budget-oriented uh, modifications. I want to be able to have, like, budget-oriented uh, kind of supplies that I could go to a junkyard and get the part that I need. And luckily in SoCal, there's still so many cars that we have that I can still go and get, like, a part or a nut or a bolt or a bracket. And I can literally just drive uh, 15, 20 minutes and get the part and come back so that's why i kind of went with the eg chassis or rather this one's to be specific eh3 but all 92 to 95 civics are kind of the same with like little differences between a dx ex and whatnot so yeah, the, the, I think they, what's the what's what's the one that has the eight valve engine is that the vx or the cx the one that gets like 50 miles a gallon that's stump. the vx that that one actually interestingly enough i was told by uh i believe it's chris from uh asr that mm-hmm. they came with a factory oil cooler in there and i didn't um, i didn't know that well it depends on like the um the rsx type s i think uh-huh. I know that at least one of the K-Series motors, because I used to have an RSX Type S. It's like how I got into... And I used to have an RSX uh, base model. 
Oh wow! Yeah, they, have, <laughs> they are the they are the best dailies ever, and they're the worst track. They have the worst suspension geometry. Dude, that thing like. is garbage. Yeah, uh, like terrible. Sweeping corners. After I got coilovers, the car would still do like kind of a wiggle from the rear, and I'm just like, dude, I'm going 80 miles an hour. And this thing is fucking wiggling. And at that time, to try and stop the wiggling, I bought uh, FD RX-7 wheels. So they're 16 by 8. And I put 245 with tires, front and rear. And the car would still wiggle. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, this thing came with stock with a 205. And I put, like, 80 millimeters of tire more per axle. And it's like... It's still wiggling. Like this is stupid. I put um, I had two fifty fives up front and two thirty fives in the rear, and then I went full two fifty fives all around. Um, and the car, it was um, it was a really fun car to take the track days because it had a lot of power, uh-huh. and it was fun because like even I had the DV race tie rods to make the so that I could align it with the right amount of camber in it. Um, oh, okay. I had crash bolts. I had top hats for the front camber. And uh, I had just some Tayan Street Flex coilovers or whatever. Yeah. And the stock, stock rear sway bar. And it was fun because the car didn't really want to turn. Like, it, <laughs> with the setup I had, like, it just plowed. It kind of pushed. So when I would go in the corners, I would slam on the brakes and jab, like, like jerk the wheel to the right to get it to drift. So people, so I got black flagged at a track night in America one time. I was driving the car and they black flagged me and they pulled me into pits and they were like the flagger said you were drifting i was like this is a front wheel drive car they were like okay they said you were drifting and i was like uh, uh I, okay i'm sorry and they were like, <laughs> they were like this is down. i was like all right and then I, I think i went out and i went off course after i did that and i went back in they were like i thought you were going to calm it down and i was like sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude. It was a good car, though. It's just like, I don't know. They Honda, I don't understand. Honda is like the dumbest smart kid ever. Like, <laughs> if, there a, if there was a really smart kid in class who was really dumb, that would be Honda. Because, like, <laughs> like, they made the RSX Type S, like the K20Z1 and A2. Great motors. Amazing motors. The interior is amazing on those cars. You can oh, carry yeah. They're yeah, great I cars. I do love that. I did love that about the RSX. Yeah, and then, like, if you look at the, the FG2 and the FA5 Civic SIs from 2006 to 2000, the one, the one you have. Yeah. You know, they, they, the, the suspension geometry on those works great. And yeah. they're, like, competitive in SECS STL and yeah, yeah. Red Life and H2. And the RSX is just, like, what, what were you guys thinking? And then, like, Honda doesn't even, you know, like, they don't support, they don't really have a very good support program for, like, their older vehicles. They discontinue parts really like very frequently compared to like BMW, Subaru, yeah, Mazda, especially with Mazda. Yeah, I mean, really smart dumb kids. <laughs> I mean, look, when we're talking about especially about like Mazda, like there's like as as much as I don't like like I don't it's not that I don't like them, but I just think that like you build a good mousetrap and for me, I think the Integra and EG chassis and EK chassis 
are just a better all-around uh, track vehicle than a Miata is. That being said, there's just so many freaking Miatas out there. They're like yeah. they're like the Jeeps uh, of the off-road uh, country uh, people um, out on track. Like the people that love Miatas love freaking Miatas. Yeah. So so like I in in my region and like amongst my friends, I'm. I'm known as that guy that has like an irrational hatred for Miatas. <laughs> like, like I, like Miatas are amazing cars. They, mm-hmm. they have great cornering grip. Um, they were cheap at one time. Now they're stupid expensive. Yeah, they're, they're, they're ridiculous. Crazy. The prices are like what? Like an NA is going for like fifteen grand or something like that. Stupid. Yeah, I've seen clean. But like, if you if you get like a, an NA in a rare trim, like a an M edition, or like a British Racing Green, you know like an na with like 60 to seventy thousand miles that doesn't have rust you can expect to see upwards of eight grand over here in the northeast right now that's wild yeah i remember yeah, when it... i was in college i had a guy or i knew a guy that would literally buy na's and just like junk them because like he would spin a rod bearing or a gear and the transmission was starting to grind and he's like no i'll just why am I going to fix it if I could just buy another $1,500 car? And <laughs> it's just like, what the hell? So tell me a little bit about the Northeast. Because like here in SoCal, we have, you know, our three major tracks for SoCal are Button Willow, um, Big Willow, the high-speed course, and then Auto Close Speedway, which sometime in the future is going to be going away. So probably we'll end up doing more of uh, Chuck Walla events, even though that's kind of far. What are the you tracks guys, for Northeast? With you guys run the Gunasaka at all, or no? Or is that NorCal? That's NorCal. I mean, theoretically, okay. it's like more mid, uh, mid-state, if you will, okay. but it's still like five, six hours or something like that. I, I don't really know. Like yeah. for me. So what are the Northeast, Northeast tracks that you guys do? Northeast is pretty lucky in that we have two, we have a couple of pretty historic tracks that are like really good tracks. Um, like Watkins Glen and Lime Rock Park, they have a lot of history. Yeah. They've been around forever. Um, and they're both amazing tracks. Like I, I love, there people, there are people who will hate Lime Rock Park. Like they say it's just one big right hand turn. Mm. Um, but I really like Lime Rock Park. I've had some of my best races there because, and they call it the Bull Ring. Because it's mm-hmm. such a short track and it's so tight, and mm-hmm. trying to pass someone there is just—you really—it feels like you're fighting a bull. So that's Lime Rock is an amazing track. We do okay. that. Walking Glen, is, of course, is so amazing. Yeah. Like, and it's not even just the track. Like, like you get when you go to up, you know, middle New York or wherever it's at. You know, you get to see the Finger Lakes. Uh, the, the hotels are cheap. The beds and breakfasts. Um, you know, they have great breweries, great wineries beautiful scenery there's a walmart nearby and camping is great and it never gets too hot at the glen because it's in the mountains so it's cool oh um, that's then, cool yeah but like uh in the, we have a lot of really weird weather patterns in the northeast so it it forces you to be a really versatile driver because mm-hmm. like um for example new jersey motorsports park we race at njmp lightning and njmp thunder there's two tracks on one campus mm-hmm. and um they are right near the delaware bay so we, you get all of the all of like the the river lake effect weather. So you 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 might you know I, I sleep in my in the back of my SUV when I go to the track. 
and gangster. um, yeah, now nah, I used to sleep in a tent. That was that was gangster. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you, you you'll get waking up by sixty mile an hour winds, like no joke, in the middle oh, of the night. Shit. Yeah, I was sleeping in my Tahoe one time, and like I hear this woo, like just like this breaking sound, and the freaking wind it ripped a a, a a visor off of my window. I'm like, you son of a. I'm like, oh, now my shit. shit is even more. Like my, it's not. It's already bad enough that my one of the most ghetto trucks. I've heard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like it wouldn't start at events, so I'd have to go into the engine bay and and do all this stuff. And I was always the sweaty fat guy, you know, covered in grease. And everybody's like, what are you doing? Like, my truck won't start. And then, you know, that rips off the visors from my way. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. But yeah, we, like, we get monsoons, like crazy rain at NJMP. And it's not good drainage there. So it, oh. teaches you be, it teaches you to be a really good driver in the rain. Like, you can go, you can look at the, the, the forecast for NJMP. And it'll be like, sunny, all weekend. And you'll go there, and it'll just be a total, you can't predict it. Oh. So... A lot of the tracks in the Northeast are like that. We have Pocono Raceway too. Mm. Like it, it we, we've been at Pocono in May and it snowed in May. Oh, shit. It, it snowed, hailed, rained, and was sunny in the same day. I'm not joking. That's wild. And I, like for for me here in SoCal, we pretty much run slicks all the time and we never have to really even consider uh, running a rain tire. So you guys run the Toyo RA1s, right? Yeah, rain rain is amazing, man. Like it's it's just it's it's one of my like I know that you know I might not have the fastest car all the time, you yeah. know. Um, but like if you get me in the rain, like I I'm probably one of the better drivers in the rain. It's oh, just nice. I humble love brag, humble brag. I, no, I like I'm, it. I like I'm, it. I'm I'm honest, man. Like I like I'll will tell you straight up. Like if I think I'm good at something or if I think I suck at something, like mm-hmm. I know that one thing I suck at as a driver is I overdrive the car sometimes and mm-hmm. I make boneheaded decisions and mm-hmm. it just is what it is. But like with the rain, it's just it's so to me it's almost relaxing because like you go into a corner and normally you'd be on the outside of the corner to enter and go into the inside to straighten it out, but in the rain that's all covered in rubber and you know. Um, seam sealer and so it's slippery so you have to enter the corner to the middle or to the right um, you might be hydroplaning at 100 some miles an hour down the front straight and it's just like it's serene you know or it's surreal surreal that's the word for it it's, mm. it's such a great experience it's so fun you have to come and experience it dude I so there's one track that I think I saw you and Damien racing and Damien's another uh, H4 guy if I'm not mistaken Mm-hmm. Um, was Palmer. Now, I first yeah. saw some pictures of Palmer. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That place looks just picturesque. And it's it literally, to me, looks like if they dynamited, like, do you just threw dynamite on top of a mountain and just made a road as it laid into this mountain road? Because it looks like there's, like, sheer cliffs, um off on the sides of some of these uh turns or whatever it it looks awesome that reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of my like toge roots or whatever bullshit you need you need huevos to drive there man like uh <laughs> <laughs> like uh you i think it's an 800 foot elevation change there something crazy um uh, yeah uh it's one of the furthest tracks for me it's like five and a half hours in the mm-hmm. in the northeast region and um, a lot of people don't like going there because it's so far away. Um, and 
it's just like that track has a lot of rocks. So like if someone goes off and they get and and they get back on track, you you know that the track is just going to be covered in rocks, and so you're going to be dealing with that debris. Um, so it's a cool track. I mean, like you know, there's there's big concrete barriers everywhere, um, and there's a huge downhill section that you just it feels like a roller coaster. You come over a crest of a hill and you go straight down, and there's barriers right in front of you, and then you turn by the flagger station. It's it's a cool track. The weather there is more predictable. It's usually like it can get pretty hot up there, I think. Hmm. It's in Massachusetts. Yeah, man. I mean, that that's the cool thing about NASA is that, you know, we have so many um, sections that are that have their own, like, little... Um, it, it's kind of their own little worlds of how, how different those uh, racetracks are from each other. I mean, everything here in SoCal is pretty much desert. Um, I mean, if you go off at Buttonwillow you're you're fine you're it's just the car's gonna get uh dirty and it's, the dirt over there is like super fine so you'll never get it out of your car um <laughs> but like at big willows it, it has some rocks and that surface is literally the same surface that they've had on that track since like what was it shelby did his uh testing over there so it's like cracked uh-huh. and bumpy like turn eight um which is the high speed uh right hander yeah it's like you're going like half a mile straight from like turn five and everything else is like turn six turn seven but they're like slight like not even off ramp uh level of uh cornering and you're just flat out in there and like in my little eg i was Going in at about, I don't know, like 100, 110 miles an hour uh-huh. at most. In my silver car, I go in at about 114, 115 sometimes. And that, that corner is bumpy. Like, it's, it's just bumpy because the asphalt's all janky. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like old asphalt. But it's still there and it's like one of the little, you know, interesting tidbits of, the, of that track. And... The wind at uh, Big Willow is such a big, like, factor. Like, what was it? Um, the last time I was there in the EG, I lost, like, a, what was it? Like, almost five miles per hour uh, on the turn eight because of a headwind. Like, Willow is so famous for having just strong winds because it's, like, right up against the mountain. So, like, all the wind from the desert goes up there and really pushes yep. on you that's yeah. how it is at Watkins Glen I, I I've had similar experiences I'll be looking at my data and I'll be like why is my car five miles an hour slower on the back street and yeah. I'll be like oh the wind speed is 30 miles an hour today or 40 miles an hour you know it's you can't predict it the mountain weather gets like that but yeah. have you ever had it um over there where like through a corner where like at least at Big Willow what will happen is that sometimes the winds change direction and it'll be like a tailwind or a sidewind, especially like on uh, turn nine. And if you don't like, if you're not like set up well, I've, I've seen people and I've heard other like instructors go off and say like, Oh dude, the wind pushed me and I was just trying to catch it. And that was it. So imagine in like that section where you're like turning in and 
you know, you're pitching the car and you're almost at the limit of the tires and then all of a sudden you get pushed and you're like, well, there I go. Yeah. I, I haven't had that happen to me in the corner. I've had it happen to me on the straight though, where the car at NJMP, I remember on a Thunderbolt, it was like, um, it was pushing me to the side on the track. You know what I mean? Like into the uh... grass. Yeah. I was going down the front straight and it was doing that. So you're like turning left as you're going straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So doing the whole NASCAR bit right there, turning left to go go straight. Yeah, man. <laughs> so both you and I are running essentially the same car, except mine's a hatch, and you have the LS swap uh, on your coupe. Um, LS swap the world. I'm sorry. One more time. Ellis swapped the world. <laughs> of course, of course. But um, what what kind of setup do you have for your car? Because I know you've you've gotten coilovers for it now, right? Yeah, I got um, revalved BC BC racing coilovers on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was running Coney races, and um, I'm running a, a ASR hollow bar in the rear, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, I have it on uh, just just BC Racing Springs. They're not like Hyperco or Swift or Eibach. They and they work fine. And um, 15 by 7 wheels, Integra brakes all around, Integra motor, stock Integra motor mm-hmm. um, with a fuel pressure regulator tune, stock ECU, uh, safety gear. Um, I have some sphericals in it because I'm fancy now, and uh, I have an eBay wing. I have uh, I have an Alteza taillight, one Alteza taillight. <laughs> and I have a, I run a front splitter. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I think that's pretty much it. Like like headers, exhaust intake. My exhaust is uh, really obnoxious. It's just a it's just a, a, a pipe with a straight through muffler that dumps right behind the driver. Like a straight through straight just a straight shot right behind the driver. I welded it together. It's pretty loud. So <laughs> It's the slow, loud Honda that you always expect to see when people talk about Hondas. Oh, perfect. That, I'm, pl- I'm planning to do that for the track. Like, have uh, a muffler switch out, because over here, my car is actually a California Air Resource Board uh, small compliant. So, I want to keep it like that so that I can still drive it on the street if I needed to, even though the spring rates are ridiculous that I'm running. Yeah. But... Uh, much like you, I, I just got a set of wheels. So I got some Hot Boy wheels from HMO, which if you're in SoCal, you know who they are. I know who HMO is. H Motors. H Motors Online. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's where that, that's where like all of the fancy Hot Boy H2 guys buy their VTEC motors from. They're like, uh, like Spencer Anderson. Um, oh, I love Spencer. I think Zephyr Belsky. Um, you know, and uh, I think I don't know if the Mid Atlantic guys do it too, but like that, you know, they're all like, "Yeah, we buy our motors from HMO." If I have an issue, I just send it back, and I'm like, "Cool, I got my motor out of a hundred seventy thousand miles." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so uh, it it was a good deal because I've been looking for fifteen by sevens um, yeah. wheels for my for my EG for a good while. Because yeah. uh, I wanted, uh, you know, I, I get a little hot boy myself every once in a while. Yeah. We, and... used to, we, we used to just legit, like legit, we used to legit, just me and my boy Alex, who races in H4 with me, he, he drives the trash tag. Um, 
we we legit would just go on Facebook Marketplace and troll for fifteen by seven wheels, and they would <laughs> they would pop up like every once in a while, and they'd be really cheap, and they'd be like really weird off-brand wheels, like Orbits or whatever, and we'd, we would immediately go buy them. Like 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 um, I was uh when I was dealing my single cam Integra. Um, I, all right, I, all right. You gotta tell people where'd you get that single cam from. So I uh, I um, I bought. When I wanted to do H4, uh, I was in between jobs. I had just moved to a new job, and so I moved from Delaware back to my parents' house briefly because I was 25, and it's still somewhat socially acceptable to do that <laughs> at 25, um, I guess. And, um, yeah, like I bought I, – I wanted to do H4. Um, I was going to do time trial, but Zephyr, my friend Zephyr was like, no, don't be a B word. He's like, it's just, you know, <laughs> time trial is a waste of time. I was like, okay. So I bought an Integra with like 160,000 miles on it and it didn't really have any rust. It was in pretty good shape. Actually, I call it a piece of crap, but it looked like a piece of crap. But it was a clean shell. And then um, I, I had a, uh, I sold my RSX type S cause that thing was beat to the it was just destroyed. I had crashed it so many times being an idiot. And then um, I I got a green Civic DX or, or EX with that money and the silver Integra daily, this green Civic EX. And I didn't have a garage to work on my Civic at. So I, I only had a storage unit. So my boy Alex let me use his garage. And then um, I put my Civic and my Integra in his garage. And we took the single cam out of the Civic and we put it in the Integra and we took the Integra motor out of the Integra and put it in the Civic. And um, Damien actually did the same thing with the motor that he got from his Integra. He put he put a, a JDM single cam in the Integra that he had used for his H4 car. Wow. And um, yeah, so and so I dailyed that silver Integra for 40,000 miles um, and it had no power steering, no <laughs> AC. Um yeah, it was, but it was it, honestly like that the D15 B7, like you cannot destroy those motors. Like <laughs> it was amazing. I, 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 um, I went, we went to New York safety track. That's one of the track we've done that track before in the Northeast. We don't always run it, but I went to one of their events and, um, my, you know, at my friend Alex, who, who races with me now, he was like, uh, he brought a tent and it's like two grown ass men, you know, trying to sleep in this tiny ass tent. I'm like, <laughs> And I had no blanket. And I'm like, dude, I can't do this. He's like, what are you going to do? You know, we, we got eight hours until we got to wake up. So what are you going to do? So I go to the top of the hill and I sleep in the back of my Civic at the time. This was when I was still HPDing it. And I idled it all night. And then I woke up in the morning and I looked at the the oil and it was really black. And I was like, hmm. So I poured more oil in the engine. And then I did lap. Like I tracked it the entire day and I drove it home. Like, <laughs> Those motors are just so stout. So yeah, I had that's the story with the, the Integra. Like we took the Civic motor, put it in the Integra, took the Integra motor, put it in the Civic, and then I raced each four in the Civic. And you took the brakes off of the Integra and put it into the Civic? No, no. That was I I actually I got this was before COVID made the price of anything that was like used or car related insanely expensive. I actually right? got yeah, from some dude in Phoenixville or something in PA. I got um, I got trailing arms. I got front knuckles, and I got some control arms for like two hundred bucks from an Integra. And oh, I, dude, that's and, cheap. Yeah, when I was first building the Integra, I did that. So oh, that sounds... it wasn't 
wasn't from the the sil- yeah that wasn't from the silver single cam integra oh so the silver single cam integra still had like all of the integra bits to make it like good besides the engine yeah, but like the engine was, I think those engines are like maybe twenty pounds or forty pounds lighter, so the front of the car was higher than the rear of the car. Because <laughs> you had it on stock springs still. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. It was a good car. It really was a great car. It's funny that you mentioned that whole idling bit. So a while back, I, I even did a podcast about it about traveling out to Japan and one of the biggest things that we noticed because we were also being cheap asses and we slept yeah. in the van and oftentimes down by a river and <laughs> I remember watching yeah. <laughs> and um, we were shocked everybody idles their cars overnight like yeah it was February yeah it's in Japan and this... we didn't hit snow per se but it was fucking cold but yeah, yeah like People would just idle their cars all night. And, like, even when they go into freaking, uh, like, Lawson's or their 7-Elevens, they'd go in there, just leave their car idling, go in, go out. Like, it always tripped us out when we would see that. So that's yeah. really interesting. They, uh, Amen. It was made in Japan. They know that's uh, behavior. So I, I think that's well within, um, you know the life of or rather the design of the vehicle is that people would idle that shit. Apparently, I guess. So, all of the northeast tracks that you guys run is uh, Watkins Glen. um, What was the other ones? Palmer sometimes? Palmer, Palmer, Pocono Raceway. Pocono Raceway. um, NJMP Lightning, NJMP Thunderbolt, Lime Rock Park. Oh, Lime Rock. And sometimes New York Safety Track. Yeah, so out of all of those tracks, you're saying that uh, Lime Rock is your favorite? Lime Rock is my favorite to race because it can be extremely frustrating. And if you make them, and it's very easy to, because like I said, uh, that's my weak point as a driver is I, I'm typically, I make stupid decisions sometimes because mm. I'm just I'm crazy sometimes. So, you know, Lime Rock is such a great track to race at because you really have to be, you have to be like a snake. You know, you have to like, <laughs> you have to be, you have to wait and wait and wait and wait and make your move at the right moment. Because if you hook your tires too early in the race, it's mm. such a short track and there's so much traffic. There's so many opportunities for the person behind you to take you out, you know, as, or overtake you, not take you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so favorite, when... favorite track to drive though, um, probably, mm. I really like, uh, it's going to sound stupid, but I really like NJMP Thunderbolt, my home track. Hmm. Um, How far is that away from you? It's an hour away from my house. It's great. I like, oh. I, I load up the tow dolly and then <laughs> I, just, I drive down. And I and, guys, this guy uses a tow dolly to tow his race car over there. Like I have people who like one of my, I, I call him a student, even though like he's like, leveled up to the point where he's getting faster lap times than I am. Uh, oh, wow. John from like 91 Octane. And okay. he like tows this car that's essentially still a street car in my eyes. I mean, it's a BMW M3, but he like actually flat tows it from with like a U-Haul uh, car transporter. And then here you are in your like Tahoe, now your Jeep Cherokee, um, towing it with a tow dolly, your race car. And that that's just gangster as shit, man. The Tahoe was so ratchet. Like, 
Was it a two door or was it a four door? It was the it was the best worst truck ever. (laughs) Spencer Spencer and Zephyr used to um they they used to drive to the track and uh, actually Zephyr started flat towing his uh, his CRX with his Subaru. He would flat tow a CRX with a Subaru, and then Spencer would he dolly towed his his CR his Civic. He had an EF Civic hatch that he totaled at the Glen, I think, and he. He dolly towed that with the Crown Vic. This gangs me shit. So, so that's so that's a, like I like I was like talking to Zephyr. I was like, I need a tow vehicle. You know, my Civic broke down this time and that time, and I had to you know get AAA. And he's like, he's like, you do realize I drove my car to the racetrack for years, right? And I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't have an excuse. <laughs> and see, like this is something that. Um... Cause they're most of the people in uh, like road racing and whatnot. There, there's a lot more fancy boys, I think, in the sense yeah. that, like, they'll have nice stuff towing over there. Some of them will have like tow trailers, or tow. I, I don't even know the name of it, but like, I kind of uh, came out to road racing, and all of my friends were drifters. So there's no more ratchet people than drifters. I mean, yeah, my buddies still flat tow their shit. One of them has like a, a GX four seventy, and yeah. he still fl- uh, t- flat tows his uh, TE Corolla. And I'm like, bro, just tow it. You literally have a dope car for it. And everybody that's listening, Dylan has a parakeet. Or wait, what was the per- correct name? He's a he's a Indian. He's an Indian ringneck parrot. Indian ringneck parrot. And if you follow any of his stories, that bird will come out. Uh, literally squawking, taking a shit on him or something. That that He, he does. We, we've talked about how Dylan needs to add a livery to his car and make it kind of like the Pontiac uh, Firebird, but just like with his parrot. Like, <laughs> dude, I, I, I can hook you up with the guys that can make that vinyl for you. So you can hey, put I'm, it on I'm, there with him like full wings of uh, like a breast, <laughs> taking a shit, squawking and screaming. <laughs> you like that, Peggy? You like that idea, buddy? Oh on, man, I, I, I need a I need to reach out to one of the listeners that I have uh, uh, from Unaccepted Pod or something. Tony, right there, he can do it. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Oh man, but yeah, like, yeah, but like with, the, with the dolly, like, um, <laughs> uh, so I, quiet you. So, um, I, like I said, I didn't have a place to work on my car at the time. So like, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't have a place to, my parents hated me. Like they, they, were, so <laughs> mad at me. they were so mad at me. I had a green Civic that had a partially spun bearing in it. So I never <laughs> took it above 4,000 RPMs, but I drove it on the highway every day. And then I had a, a the silver Integra, and I had a, a black Tahoe, all street parked on the side of the house. <laughs> and like, oh my God, those poor people. I, I just like, they were like, and then I bought a tow dolly, and they're like, you are absolutely not keeping that here. And I was like, okay. So my oh, so that's a, that's a purchased uh thing. You you bought the tow dolly. I thought yeah, it was a cool- U-Haul one. Nah, the cool thing about tow dollies in New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania, which is like the majority of the places I'm going to be for racing anyway, mm-hmm. you don't need insurance on the car 
on the and you don't need insurance on the do, you don't need registration on the dolly in order to tow the car it's covered by your truck's insurance so oh, yeah smart. so I did, so i don't have to register my dolly or anything it's just it's I, you pay 600 i pay you can get them for like six or seven hundred bucks where i live and you can tow wherever you want and they're very simple to maintain the only thing that sucks about dollies is they're there's a lot. There are a lot of white knuckle moments when you're towing with a dolly. It's kind of like warming up for the racetrack before you get to the racetrack. <laughs> um, and then like uh, they, they are like there is the whole like putting wear on the rear of the car, and then you need like to have some beater tires to put on the rear of the car and stuff. So there are downsides to it, but it's okay. Dolly life is all right for the most part. Dolly. Uh. <laughs> when we parked up at the track H4, Northeast H4 is the only we're the only racing group that has dollies. Like everyone else has trailers and we, and we call it Dollywood. We park up <laughs> and we all have our, we all have our dollies. We also, you know, some of us, Alex and I sleep in the back of our trucks, you know. Wow, that's so yeah, cool. It's funny. I mean, I would be down to do some like ratchet stuff like that, but the thing is, the good and bad thing is that my fiance is like into it, so she actually drives as well. And the yeah. whole idea is that we're going to be sharing the car, her doing time trials, and then eventually sw- switching into like an ST6 class or even doing Honda Challenge races with her. And then I'll be doing like time trials just so that we could hopefully get tires or whatnot um, going back and forth. But the idea is to, like, have both of us driving. That way, you know, she has good data on a car that's going to be well-sorted. And we can kind of focus all of our, you know, income and kind of effort into one car instead of spreading it into two. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I chose the Civic, because it's going to be easier on consumables. And since this gets to run lighter weight. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't choose the civic life. The civic life chose you. <laughs> Have you guys started streaming Honda Challenge yet at your award ceremonies or no? Wait, one more time? At your award ceremonies in California. Have you guys started screaming Honda Challenge yet or no? No, we have uh, oh. not not yet. What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you scream mean- it as they're doing like the the ceremony for other no, people they go, or they go they go the, the announcer goes uh Specky 30, third place, blah, blah, blah. Second place, blah, blah, blah. First place, blah, blah, blah. And they say, okay, time for Honda Challenge. And then you go, Honda Challenge! You scream it really loud. That's what we do. Everyone oh. in the north. And oh. the middle East started doing it too, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's okay. what we were doing at uh, Champs when, uh, when, when I went in 2019 when we were screaming Honda Challenge when they were calling out the winners. Oh, I, I didn't know it that. It was fun. Oh. That's dope. That's definitely yeah. something that I'm going to try and get Carlos and I to uh, start pushing over here. Just get a bullhorn. <laughs> is that what what all those pictures of like you as a bullhorn is? Yeah, I used to bring bullhorns. <laughs> I stopped doing that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I used to bring bullhorns to events. And I, it was funny at first. Um, at first. I got, yeah, then I got out of hand. But uh <laughs> I used to bring bullhorns to events, and like, um, Spec Miata copied us because they don't have any originality. Oh, um, oh shots fired! <laughs> I'm kidding. I have a lot of friends. Spec Miata. I, I bust. I bust their chops all the time. But 
But um, yeah, they copied us. They did copy us. So we, we would go, we would scream Honda Challenge. So they started screaming Spec Miata. And like one time I had my uh, megaphone and my boy Brian, who races in H4, was standing next to me. And he had a cricket soundtrack loaded up, like crickets chirping. <laughs> and they go, it was like three guys. It was like Jim, Chris, and uh, Mike, who, like, who are like good friends of mine in Spec Miata. And uh, they go, Spec Miata. And then <laughs> Brian and I. <laughs> Over the megaphone, play chirp, chirp. chirp. Oh, <laughs> savage! <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, I, you, you, I don't know. You're you don't seem belligerent or irritating, <laughs> or, or, or irritating like I am. So yeah, you could probably get away with a bubble horn. <laughs> but but you get, there's a balance, you know. There's there's a balance, and uh, so I've retired the bullhorn. Yeah. Oh boy, that's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so in H4, who's in H4 in the Northeast? Do you have Damien? You had your buddy who you're saying is in the Integra or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Alex. Okay. Damien, Brian, Callie, Ken. Um, we, we had a, a good pipeline set up. Like that was the whole idea. Like we, we revived h4 in 2018 with just four people because like we were talking to all the vtech guys in h2 and they're like yeah like you know you need a big brake kit and if you don't want to run a itr you run a b16 or a b6 you know b16a or b16b but then you need lexan to drop weight and carbon fiber hood and you need a Honda and you need a tune and we're like uh we're all broke so we're gonna do h4 so <laughs> So we all started doing H4, and then we got two more people. And we had, I think, two more rookies in the pipeline for 2020, and then 2020 happened. And so it really it really yeah. killed our momentum. Like, I, I decided to kind of take a break in 2020 and just, like, focus on other aspects of my life and just, like, kind of, like, focus on maturing a little bit and trying to become, like, a better person in ways. And, um, yeah, like, it, 2020 kind of destroyed the whole momentum we had going. So what we're doing what i'm doing now what i'm doing is i'm i'm being belligerent annoying dylan again with my friends who, <laughs> who, who are being lazy not getting their cars together so you know like i i do it as a joke because it's funny i don't i don't want them to actually hate me but like you know i'll be like uh, i'll be like hey like they'll they'll be talking like oh i really need this for my car and i'll be like yeah but you're not racing so why do you need it and then they're oh, like oh ouch hey, dylan but, but I, I do that. I do I, like it's like tough love. I mess with them, and then I'm like, yo, I'm just messing with you. And if the cool thing about Honda Challenge is like, um, yeah, like we mess with each other, and we're 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 dicks sometimes, but like to each other. But like we all support each other. Mm-hmm. Like as competitive, even though we're competitors, like we're super competitive, even in H4, given the size of our field, like we're super competitive. But we still all support each other. Like I'm, I'll always be willing to give my friends advice or help with their cars and we're like a family. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's a cool dynamic. I don't think that, I think it's one of the unique things. Like I don't think a lot of classes have that. Um, and the challenge two and one and four in the Northeast are very cohesive. And even in mid Atlantic, like I've never run with you guys or down South or in the mid Ohio or, you know, but like great lakes, but in Northeast and mid Atlantic, like Honda challenge is like a family, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like we all party together. We eat together. We, we help each other. You know, if, if, if someone breaks in our paddock, right, it's not like, oh, that's my competitor. I'm not going to help him get back out, out on track. 
it's like, oh, what do you need? And then you dig in your box of garbage and you say, hey, I have this <laughs> in your car. And they're like, cool, thanks for the garbage. And then you guys raise your pieces of crap together. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that's one of the things that really, like, struck me when I first was, uh, like, going out to the HPDE uh, events. It's like, obviously, I'm a Honda fanboy. But um, when I saw, like, you know, what an H4 car was and like back in the day you know everything had to be like b16 swapped or itr swapped and then i saw guys with literal single cams with just intake headers and exhaust and they're out there racing and i was like wait you could do that you could that's a that's a race car i thought race cars had to have like turbos and power and all this shit and like like, you see the stickers from the crx's with like 115 brake horsepower you're like what Like Steven Carlos's CRX, that thing is the coolest thing. Oh, I love, that. I love uh, Carlos. Mini- Carlos is the homie. The mini Cadillac <laughs> is cool, man. I, I, I like, I like, I like low buck stuff. Like I like seeing people who, like if you like Spencer is like, uh, he's like, uh, he's he's kind of like Spencer and Zephyr are kind of like my mentors or like my teachers. Like they taught me so much about racing and just everything, man. Like they taught me so much and. uh like if you talk to those guys, like they don't overcomplicate things. They're not flashy. They're not blingy. You know, they're not mm-hmm. talking about coefficients of drag and efficiency with aero and stuff. But they they know their stuff. Like if you talk to them about things, they are low key nerds. Like they know about engineering behind making a race car, mm-hmm. and they don't do it in a flashy way. They don't they don't come with stackers. They don't come with you know boost necks all those fencers trying to upgrade they don't come with all this crazy stuff they come to the track with the with basic setups you know they don't have new jobs and all that stuff and they they're they rip they're fast you know and i'm like That's yeah cool. Spen- spencer is is legit i i got a pair of springs from him and that's another thing like for people who are listening in like not to toot uh nasa's own horn about this but from what i've seen in northeast and socal like Dude, I got a set of uh, Toyo RRs from Marcel. And, you know, like, they are so helpful. And anytime I have a question about something, and it's not even trying to make something, like, sneaky or trying to show or or trying to, like, make more power out of the car, but just, like, real questions about, like, hey, is this legal? Is this going to be an issue? Or little things that I'm trying to do to get the car, like, out there and at, at least be a, a decent car to compete in i i don't i don't care if i'm going to be the most competitive out there i just mm-hmm. want to be out there to compete and drive and hopefully you know one of the days whenever they break down or whatever i don't break down and i i can get up into the podium uh level i, th- I think now you know especially with instructing uh my level of driver has gone up and little by little i'm learning more and more and just improving so much, especially uh, with instructing, it's such a it's such a helpful thing to you know reiterate all the things that I'm uh, trying to do uh, out on a lap. And it's just like as I'm hammering it into a student, I'm also hammering it in to myself and remembering, mm-hmm. oh, I'm telling these people to do that here. I need to make sure that I'm hitting all of my points and being consistent. I don't know if you've uh, fallen into that where you're starting to see a lot of the coaching kind of reflecting in your own driving. Yeah, I 
I'm I'm obsessive um, <laughs> with with racing and with stuff. I, I legit am obsessive. Um, so I I know everything that I'm doing wrong, and I, and I I teach my students. Like I said, like I do the red mist thing, you know, like um, mm-hmm. oh the the car is pushing, like I have to drive it harder. Like no, Dylan, the car is pushing because you're driving it too hard, you know, and so you need to back out of it. And then I go mowing the mowing the lawn, you know, and I I teach the I teach I'm an instructor too, so you know I have students and I'll be like, dude, you need to just chill, like breathe. And they're like, okay. And then I get in the car and I'm like, dude, you need to chill to myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, no, and it sounds dumb because you're like, well, if you know what you're talking about, why can't you just like click it into yourself? But it's a mental repetition that, you know, keeps those uh, thought process kind of locked in place. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the sport. It's, uh, it's like, um, is the psychology behind all of it. Uh, I used to really like, um, I used to really like seeing if I could like, sort of like it sounds really weird but like seeing if i could like get kind of like get in them get under my competitor's skin a little bit which is mm. it's, it's gonna sound bad I, but like i i like to see if i could like like i'm being honest like i like to see if i could like i don't know like make them be like oh this guy really isn't afraid to go door to door and stuff like that you know and and i used to think like that um but now what's interesting to me in the sport is not so much that it's um I treat it more like a like an athletic sport now mm-hmm. where like I don't really care what my competitors are doing anymore I, I, I used to I used to care a lot now you know my goal for 2021 is to not touch the car as much and to, to just kind of like be such a good driver that that I frustrate people not because I'm trying to frustrate them but because I'm such a good driver and like it's that psychology of the sport, you know, it's like the same thing as hockey. I used to play hockey and like, um, you know, you, you like the psychology is like, all right, I have this that I need to get better at. And it's never just a physical tweak. It's always something mental, you know, like if you're a goalie in hockey and you're not tracking the, you're not stepping far out enough in the crease to track the puck, you know, um, it's not just a physical thing. Like your coach will be like, come further out of the crease. And that advice doesn't help. It's a mental thing. It's okay. Well, maybe Dylan, you need to visualize yourself coming out of the crease or maybe Dylan, you need to, you need to use the end of your stick and tap the post before you come out of the crease. Yeah. You know, like it's little things like mental checks. You know, that's what's really intriguing to me about the sport now M- more so than it's more about me now and my own fulfillment than it is about, winning or anything like that i just i like doing it for me and it's more for development so yeah it's essentially chasing putting putting the goal as not being the competitors that you're running against but putting the actual competition as yourself so that every time you're going out there you're beating yourself and that way you can consistently improve and that way regardless of how the talent that you're competing against is going to be, you always quote unquote level up. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, it, it's because it, at the end of the day, this is all about fun. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want to ruin it by, by focusing on what other people are doing. I'd rather just focus on me. Like some of my best races ever were at Lime Rock Park. And they've also been some of my most frustrating races because I was so fixated on winning. But if it were me now, back then, 
I wouldn't be bitter or angry or hostile after I lost the race. I'd just be like, yeah, I lost the race, but it was a good damn race. You know, like that's the real attitude to have. That's the mature attitude and the good attitude. And that's, like I said, that's what I like about the sport. It's, and that's what I like about everything I do that I enjoy. It's the psychology behind it. Yeah. I mean, like it, it sounds so counterintuitive and especially like in the Honda world, the, the biggest area of Hondas as uh, in terms of where they're focused in was uh, drag racing. And I touched into that um, kind of culture a little bit um, when I was first coming out. And mm -hmm. it was just not a supportive community. No, it's and, not. And it's like everyone's peacocking and it's completely like kind of aggro. And then yeah. when I first met, you know, road racers and just dealt with you know how nice they are and how they'll tell you oh yeah if you're looking at buying a seat you can sit in my car you can go ahead and like touch shit and it's fine like they aren't going to lose their shit or want to beat you beat you up for looking at what's under their hood yeah i was i was <clears throat> drag racing my rsx one time and uh i misshifted and everybody was laughing at me and i was i got out of the car and i was like oh i that you know, my fault. Good run. He's like, yay, learn how to drive. And I was like, um, oh, like I was, I was complimenting you, my guy. Like, you need to calm, like, simmer down. <laughs> I don't get the aggro in anything. That I, it's not even motorsports. It's everything. I don't get that aggro mentality. I used to be like that, and then I grew out of it. You know, it's like, I don't get it. Drag racing is like that. You're right. It's like they they have this chip on their shoulders, you know, they're like, they want to show that they're the best. Yeah. yeah. At, at least, a, I, I don't want to talk about an entire community like that, especially since I've only, you know, bumped into, you know, a certain, certain group, but right. at least the people that I've experienced, that I've had the experience with were kind of like that. And that's kind of unfortunate. And it really pushed me into, um, going with, uh, road racing it's just a way better supportive, uh, um, a supportive group that, or supportive uh, culture. Yeah, I, I just want to say that like um, I've run with other organizations at track days and in road racing, and uh, my favorite by far has been NASA Northeast by far, um, and it's just organic the way it happened. It doesn't have anything to do with any specific planning, or at least to the best of my knowledge, but you know. When I started as a volunteer in NASA Northeast because I couldn't afford to, spay, to spend $300 for a single track day in HPD-1. It was just too much money. So I would volunteer and use the track time to get credit or use the, use the volunteer credits for track time because mm. they have a program for that in the Northeast. And uh, the, the, as a volunteer, the instructors and the more senior people in the organization would take you under their wing and they would, they would teach you how to drive. And so, like, now that I'm an instructor, I can do that. Like, it was crazy. Like, That's I'm 28. So cool. Yeah, I'm 28 years old now. And when I first joined NASA, I was 24. Such a youngin. Or 23, I know. So young. I'm still young. And, uh, but, like, but like yeah, I was, like, 23 or 24. And um, I was that, like, I went to, to Lightning to test my car out. And volunteers were walking on my car. They're like, oh, this is so cool. It's, you painted it entirely in Sharpie. Wow, I didn't know that you could do that. And like, you made this out of oil pans and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and of like, course. And those who like, don't know, Dylan loves, or 
now he's getting fancy boy a little bit. But back in the day, uh, when I would see like all of your stories, it was just used oil pans you would cut and then weld, which are probably one of the worst metals you could use is Honda oil pans because they're just full of freaking oil and impure. And that's what freaking Dylan would make brackets out of everything right there. Just booger welds, not because they were bad welding, but just because the thing was so impure and no, they, were, they were bad welds. I'm I'm better at welding now, but they, they were bad. They were they they held up. <laughs> yeah, dude, like uh like uh, the volunteers they, they were coming up to me and like like they're like, Wow, this is a cool car and they're like asking about driving and I'm like, yo, this is cool. I feel like not even so much that I feel important because honestly like who cares really? I mean like you know, at the end of the day you're dr- driving cars, you know, it's not, it's yeah. not, big, you're not, you're not, you know, um, so, so it made me feel more like, I guess, respected or more like, I like, like I had some sort of influence, you know, not even about clout or about status. It was about like, like, I felt like I could teach people things and that's a passion in my life is teaching and learning, you know? And so I had these people coming up to me and I'm like, Oh, the cycle is, is repeating now. Like, but I'm in there position to teach people now and i was in a position where i was learning you know so it's cool that's what i like about the sport is it's uh you learn a lot and you teach a lot yeah it's so great and especially like for me being an instructor as well like there are certain things where i can just like you know give people the information that maybe i overlooked a little bit more or didn't uh focus in as much and just knowing that I can help people improve much faster and not have to deal with the same headaches that I did is such a great feeling, you know? Yeah. But yeah, Dylan, um, we're at an hour, and I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I really enjoy talking to you. I'll, I'll keep on uh, doing our, you know, Instagram chats that we always do, and dude, I... I'm looking Jaime, forward to... Jaime, you're doing that wrong. <laughs> Jaime, did you tighten this bolt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm so red-faced right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh. I, I got the alternator on again, so that's good. I put no, orange I Loctite on it now, so it's going to be good, and it's all torqued to spec. I love watching your stuff. I like watching oh, your story. Dude, that that means a lot to me. I, I try my best to like at at least post things that are worthwhile. You know, none of this like sometimes I'll see people post up a video on YouTube about doing a mod where it's like completely just like like just form only, like, oh I'm gonna install this lip, here's a twenty minute video about it and it's like man I want to see real videos, like somebody having issues with their alternator, somebody making uh, freaking brackets for the radiator out of oil pan stuff, and, you know, like like dope stuff that actually, like, reminds me of my friends and the shit that we would do. So, yeah, man, like, thank you again for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm just some dude that drives cars, so, like, thank you for having me on this thing. Well, from another dude that drives cars in SoCal, I hope someday, especially now uh, with this whole COVID thing starting to come to an end, if you ever come down to SoCal and want to do an event, like, shit, 
you want to drive my car for a lap or a session or whatever, we'll, we'll figure it out. All right, man. Cool. Sounds good. All right, man. Well, thank you. And guys, that's it for today. I'll see you guys uh, next week. So, Enjoy your weekend, bro. Thank you.